Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Hey, gang. Hope you're having a great Labor Day. This is D.C. Lundberg here with the Monday edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N for short or for even shorter. Of course, say it with me, gang. Tloppin! Please remember to download, rate, subscribe to this program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners Podcast or any of the other programs here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners and follow me on Twitter as well at DC underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G for those scoring at home. Different kind of Locked On Mariners here for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We will recap the four-game series with the Texas Rangers on tomorrow's program. So far, the Mariners have won three in a row, and as I'm recording this, have a 2-0 lead on the Rangers, so we may be talking about a sweep tomorrow, or at least for you guys' sake and mine too. I sincerely hope that that is the case. We are going to talk about a legend of the game today, as yesterday, September 6th, is the 25th anniversary of Cal Ripken Jr. breaking Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak. Cal Ripken Jr. is my all-time favorite player, ladies and gentlemen. And on September 6th, 1995, uh, Ripken surpassed Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak, playing in his 2,131st. Ripken was, you know, kind of the prototype for the larger shortstops that started to pop up around baseball at that time. He was originally a third baseman, came up as a third baseman. He was such he had such a good arm that the Orioles wanted to draft him as a pitcher. They obviously didn't, and it worked worked out pretty well for both sides, if I do say. His streak started on May 30th, 1982. Prior to that, he had played in 22 straight games before taking one day off, which was the second game of a doubleheader. So if uh, you know if there was no doubleheader that day, or let's say he plays both games, uh, the streak would have been broken eh, three weeks or so sooner. I'm sorry that my voice did that, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, I know I've said it on the show before. Ripken's my all-time favorite player. When I really started to get into baseball t- at the tail end of the 1995 season, that was when he was just about to break Lou Gehrig's streak, or maybe he had already done it. I actually don't remember. I remember more the hoopla at the beginning of the 1996 season quite honestly for for whatever reason it was kind of a more or less kind of a victory tour or at least that's how it seemed if you would watch a Mariners game against the Baltimore Orioles early in the 1996 season or not even early in the season throughout the whole season they would talk about it what it meant to the game what it meant to the Baltimore Orioles and also in that 1996 season Eddie Murray was chasing 500 home runs and there was a chance he was going to do that against the Seattle Mariners in Camden Yards wound up not having any case back back to Cal Ripken Jr. They obviously did talk about the streak a lot during the TV broadcast of the All-Star Game in 1996, and I believe he played seven seven or so innings that day. That was also his last All-Star Game as a shortstop. He shifted over to third base at the beginning of the 1997 season when the Orioles signed Mike Bordick to play shortstop, and Ripken was originally hesitant. But when he found out that Bordick was going to be his successor, he said, yeah, he's a better shortstop than me. He's an excellent defender. I will gladly cede my position to him. Ripken's career numbers, by the way, he played in 3,001 
total games, has a lifetime slash line of 276, 340, 447, 434 home runs, 3,184 hits. His 3,000th hit came in Minnesota, I want to say, in 1999 in the Metrodome. And he is, he's one of the few with 3,000 hits and 400 home runs. And among players with 3,000 or more hits, I believe he has the lowest batting average at 276, as I mentioned. He never really had a league leader type season. He, he led the league in a few different offensive categories in 1983, though. Led the league with two, 211 hits that season, 121 runs scored, and 47 doubles. So I guess he did have at least one league leader type season. His age 22 season in 1983, as I mentioned, all 162 games played, was the MVP the year after being Rookie of the Year. He'd win another MVP in 1991, where he slashed 323, 374, 566, 46 doubles for him that season, and 34 home runs among his 210 total hits. Back to his first MVP season, 1983. Slash line of 318, 371, 517, those 47 doubles that I mentioned to go along with 27 home runs and those 121 runs scored led the league. Silver Slugger Award winner multiple times, eight of them to be uh, exact, two gold gloves, those two MVP awards, uh, Rookie of the Year in 1982, World Series champion in 1983 with the Baltimore Orioles, and a 19-time All-Star. And get this, ladies and gentlemen, his 1982 Rookie of the Year season, in which he played in 160 games, missed two of them, slash line of 264, 317, 475, placed in the MVP voting, and he wasn't an All-Star. 32 doubles and 28 home runs among his 158 hits that season. That was his only full season in which he did not make the All-Star team. 19 All-Star games, as I mentioned. Final one coming in Safeco Field in Seattle in 2001, where he hit a home run in, the, in his first at-bat off Chan Ho Park, and he had already announced his retirement. He had already said that was going to be his last season. The previous two seasons, kind of injury-filled seasons, 86 games played in 1999, 83 in 2000 in his age 38 and 39 seasons, respectively. 2001, I don't I don't remember if he had injury problems or not that year, but he did get the occasional day off here and there, 128 games played, 239, 276, 361 slash line for Ripken that season. And from 1997 through the end of his career, I attended every single Baltimore Orioles game that took place in Seattle. So I was obviously at the last game that he played in Seattle. I was at the entire last series. And that was another sort of victory tour. It was a farewell tour that he was given by the various teams at the away stadiums as he played his final series in those stadiums. And a lot of teams gave him different gifts. And the Mariners' gifts were very unique and very Pacific Northwest. One of them, which was really cool, was a Mariners jersey with his name and number eight on the back, signed by the whole team and presented to him by the Mariners number eight that season, Carlos Guillen. They gave him another gift that I don't remember and the one that kind of got a chuckle out of the crowd, and this is the one with the very Northwest touch to it, 
a year's supply of Dungeness crab, which is pretty cool to be to be honest. I think the Tampa Bay Devil Rays gave him a very expensive car whose total value exceeded their payroll at that time, but that's neither here nor there. Cal Ripken Jr. did retire after that 2001 season. Again, lifetime 276, 340, 447 slash line, 431 home runs, 603 doubles, 3,184 hits, and first ballot Hall of Famer, obviously, with the late Tony Gwynn, who was also an All-Star in 2001, but an honorary All-Star. He wasn't named to the team. He wasn't put on the team. But the um, the commissioner, I think it was, or the National League president, allowed him to go to that game because he had also announced his retirement prior to the game. And he and Ripken were kind of honored at a in a mid-game ceremony after Ripken was pulled from the game and replaced by Troy Gloss of the Anaheim Angels. And Ripken was the All-Star Game MVP that year, his second All-Star Game MVP. Going to talk about him breaking this streak and kind of a couple of games leading up to it, or at least the, the game leading up to it and then the game itself in the second half of today's program. Before any of that takes place, though, of course, the Mariners trivia question. Going to be about Ripken. Going to tie it in with the Mariners. Cal Ripken Jr.'s first hit against the Seattle Mariners did not come until his first full season, uh, 1982, after a cup of coffee. Right after the um, right after the players' strike ended in 1981, he played sparingly from August through September in 1981. His first hit as against the Mariners, as I said, didn't come until May 13th, 1982. Who was the pitcher who gave up that hit? Answer following this word. Yes, once again from Roman. Mom, I apologize. Talking about ED isn't easy. Usually people just brush it off or blame themselves, saying things like, oh, I lost my mojo. Or you avoid it altogether with excuses like, nah, I had a long day, eh, just not feeling it, whatever. I'm, right, I'm reading notes off a page, but in any case. With Roman, it's easy to talk about it. Not really. Uh, but it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. I'm not a healthcare professional. I talk about baseball into a microphone and record it. So talk about it with a medical professional, not me. It's simple, safe, totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, which I'm the most important part, obviously. Uh, getting simple is uh, started. Mm-hmm. Or getting started is simple, rather. I'm illiterate, sorry. Just go to GetRoman.com and uh, complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. Once again, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. Okay, glad that's over. Answer to the Mariners trivia question against whom did Cal Ripken Jr. get his first hit against the Seattle Mariners? That would be Jim Beatty. In the top of the fourth inning, it was a single off Jim Beatty on May 13th, 1982. 
a 3-1 victory against those Seattle Mariners. If you have a question or comment, do send it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I will read your email on the air and reply to it. Questions or comments on anything. It need not be baseball-related. LockedOnMariners, gmail.com, the email address. LockedOnMariners will be back in a jiff. Welcome to the second half of Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you, J.M. Locked On Mariners' celebration of Cal Ripken Jr. continues at this time. Kind of went over his career at large in the first part of the program. And in the second half, I'm going to talk about the game in which he tied the streak, the game in which he broke the streak, and then him finally sitting out in 1998. September 5th is the day that he tied Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak at 2,130. It was in Baltimore, and the Major League schedule makers, I think, made sure that this was going to be the case. And if you want to see what would have happened, where he would have, may have broken the streak, if the 1994-1995 player strike never happened... Go back and listen to a series of shows that I did in April or May, just at the very beginning of the entire pandemic virus shutdown. I did a whole series of shows trying to project out what would have happened uh, if that streak never took place. And I talked about Cal Ripken Jr. on one or two of them. I forget I forget exactly which ones, but go back in the archives and listen to those. In any case, he tied the streak on Tuesday, September 5th, 1995 against the California Angels in Camden Yards. And the the Orioles, pardon me, were lucky that the Angels were not very good at that time. They had built up a pretty big lead in the Western Division and then absolutely just squandered it in September as the Mariners were getting hot. The Angels were, <laughs> well, they lost 8 to nothing that day, only accumulated three hits. Tony Phillips, the late Tony Phillips, J.T. Snow, and Tim Salmon accumulating those three hits. Well, the Orioles, <laughs> yeah, they went off. They hit five home runs that day. And yes, Cal Ripken Jr. hit one of them. It was in the sixth inning. It was a solo home run off Mark Holzimer, who would later pitch for the Seattle Mariners. Also going deep that day for the Baltimore Orioles, Jeff Manto, who would also later play for the Mariners. This was an 8-0 win, as I said, for the Baltimore Orioles. And the next game, September 6th, 1995, another win for the Baltimore Orioles. This time a 4-2 victory. And, of course, Cal... Doing it again, another home run, this one off Sean Bosky, who used to pitch for the Mariners. So there's a lot of Mariners involved in these two games, especially since California needed these games. If they would have won either one of them, they would have won the West and they would have not had to play the Mariners in that one-game playoff. So these were very, very important baseball games, obviously for Cal Ripken Jr. and his streak, but they were more important to the Baltimore, pardon me, to the California Angels as a team because they needed these. They needed these games to win the Western Division outright, which turned out to be monumentally important since they lost that tiebreaker, especially in the fashion in which they lost it. In addition to Lou Gehrig's streak, 
Ripken set the international record on June 14, 1996. Sachi Okinosaga had played in 2,215 games in a row in Nippon Pro Baseball. And Cal Ripken Jr. played his 2,216th game on June 14, 1996. This was a game that took place in Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, a 6-1 victory by the Baltimore Orioles. However, Ripken did go 0-4. Ripken finally sat out a game on September 20th, 1998. In third playing third base in Cal's stead that day was Ryan Miner and his streak of 2632 consecutive games came to an end. I also want to take a minute ladies and gentlemen to remember the great Lou Brock who passed away yesterday at the age of 81 about a week after the legendary Tom Seaver passed away. Lou Brock, also a slam dunk Hall of Famer, at one point held the major league record for stolen bases. Ricky Henderson broke the record from him, pardon me, in 1991. Lou Brock stole 938 bases in his career, led the league in that category eight times, with a season high in 1974 of an astounding 118. He stole 50 or more bases. 12 times. That is huge. Had a career slash line of 293, 343, 410, 3,023 hits, 486 doubles, 141 triples, and 149 home runs. He has a 20 home run season. 1967, in which he hit 21 home runs, he could hit. Not only, he was. Obviously more than just a one-dimensional player who could run the bases well. He had to be on base a lot to set a stolen base record. 19-year major league career played up until his age 40 season in which he slashed 304, 342, 398. So the power wasn't there anymore, but he was still a a, a reliable contact hitter at that point. Made the all-star team, as a matter of fact, that year. Six-time All-Star, two World Series championships, elected to the Hall of Fame in 1985, and he was a part of one of the most infamous trades in baseball history. On June 15, 1964, the Chicago Cubs sent him to the Cardinals along with two other players for Ernie Brolio and two other players. Ernie Brolia was really thought to be the big piece in that deal at the time for both teams. He was a veteran pitcher who had had a very good career with the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Cubs needed pitching help, and they didn't feel as if Lou Brock was living up to his potential. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) he took off with the Cardinals, had a fabulous Major League career, Hall of Fame, you know, as we said, while Ernie Brolio and the Cubs didn't exactly work out too well, he had an ERA of 5.40, which in that day and age is really high. So that trade was a bust for the for the Cubs, absolutely a golden trade for the for the uh, for the Cardinals, and again one of the most infamous trades in baseball history. So Lou Brock passing away yesterday at the age of 81. Born June 18th, 1939, in El Dorado, Arkansas. Going to end on that somber note today, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back tomorrow talking about the four-game series against the Texas Rangers. And the way today today's ball game is going, I'd be surprised if I'm not talking about a sweep. Joining me to talk about what I hope is a sweep will be Officer Frank Smith, Hoots the Owl, and a doorknob. 
Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program so you never miss an episode, particularly this one. That's an excellent panel. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, any podcasting app that pops into your head, look for us there. Follow us on Twitter as well at LO underscore Mariners, and follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. Thank you for listening to today's celebration of Cal Ripken Jr. and his streak. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Joey Martin saying join us back here next time for another edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.